Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello and glad to have you on the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I've been George alongside Bree Reyes. Investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services there in Fort Worth, serving the entire Metroplex. Bree, welcome in. How are things today? Good morning, Ben. Things are going fabulous. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. I know we got a good show today. We're going to talk about some warning signs that uh, that people need to maybe pay a little attention to. It's really a good way to spot some problem areas in your financial life, so it should be a good show today. But what's going on with you and the family these days? Family is great. We just went to the uh, Texas State Fair last weekend because nice. we needed to see my blue ribbon <laughs> that I won. Excited. It was awesome. It was so much fun. We had um, Nate, uh, Nate thought everybody was there to see the blue ribbon, which cracked me up. <laughs> He's like, "All mom, did you know all these people are here to see you? And I'm like, no, baby, they are not. Um, we ate all the terrible, like the good good tasting but terrible for you fair foods mm -hmm. um you know nate had a hot uh a corn pickle dog which mm, is a hot dog inside a dill pickle which is breaded and in cornbread or, or like like yeah. a regular corn dog wow um we had funnel cake beer well keen had funnel cake beer and cotton candy beer we saw all the cars but the best part i mean i teared up mom and dad came we were all there and just seeing something that i do in my spare time that's just for fun really um be recognized and rewarded with a blue ribbon was pretty much one of the coolest things in my life yeah that's awesome that's awesome i'm glad you're able to experience that especially with the family that makes it even better right yes that's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. So I, just one quick question too, because the food always, the state fair food always gets my attention, but does Nate actually like pickles? That's such a, a random he choice. He loves pickles. He did not like that particular thing. Okay. We, we took, we ended up taking the the hot dog outside of the pickle. <laughs> we, it, we ended up kind of deconstructing it all and yeah. then he ate it separately. Okay. But like if I get a burger with pickles, he wants all my pickles, which is problematic okay. because- I also like pickles. <laughs> Such a crazy choice for, for a young boy to make, but uh, Nate Nate definitely does his own thing for sure. So really cool. He he he's he's always been a bit of a foodie and kind of if normal kids go one direction, Nate goes the opposite direction. Yeah, love that about him. Well, that's great. Congratulations once again. Such a cool thing, and uh, you know we're, we're proud of you for for doing that and and, and winning that award. So uh, excited for maybe what the future holds. With all that. Maybe yeah, I have already. I'm working on my mom's Christmas stocking, but then I'm going to start thinking about what I'm doing next year. Awesome. Well done, Bree. Congratulations once again. All right, let's talk about some warning signs. Again, think about it like you're driving your car, light comes on on the dashboard. It can indicate something's probably wrong with your car. It might be something small, it might just be low tire pressure or leaking oil, but it could be something much bigger. But the bottom line is you go in and check it out and you make sure that no problems need to be addressed immediately. Well, your financial life is very similar. There are some warning signs that could be out there that could say, hey, 
maybe it's time to go sit down with an advisor and figure this out. See if there's some things you need to adjust or uh, make plans for. So let's go through five of these today, Bree. Let's start off with you have no idea what it's going to cost to fund your lifestyle. If this is you, if this maybe sounds familiar, why is this a warning sign? Well, if we don't know how much we're spending, how can we plan properly? A lot of people, me included, don't always budget as well when you're in accumulation stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of times people have a guess. I guess I spend. That's that's the number one thing that I hear when I start talking financial planning with people when they come into the office. I guess I spend X number of dollars a month. Okay. Well, I guess I could be an Olympic swimmer if I practice. Hmm. It doesn't work that way. So when we're putting financial plans together, we need to have an idea of actually what your lifestyle costs. And sometimes it's shocking to people and it's shocking. It's shocking what they consider essential expenses and what their spouse considers essential expenses. And my job isn't to judge. I don't care if you have a a habit where you need caffeine from the most expensive caffeine place on the planet. As long as we have factored that into the plan. But if we have budgeted for you to have a $2 cup of coffee every morning and you need a $7 cup of coffee to survive and, you know, live and be sane and not kill people, then we need to adjust our financial plan for that $7 cup of coffee. There's nothing wrong with it. Like I don't, people will come in here and that that's one of the biggest things they're afraid of is first of all, they don't have any idea what their lifestyle cost. And second of all, they're afraid they're going to be judged by it for it. Mm-hmm. I don't judge at all. Everybody has vices and I've seen most of them. Or heard about most of them. So I, there's nothing really that can phase me. Um, but we have to take that into account. And so we have a client that has a pet tortoise. Hmm. That tortoise will live forever. Like they, they have had to make provisions in their will for their tortoise. Oh, wow. It's also not a cheap animal to to have. It requires, well, when the it gets cold here, it needs heat lamps. And it's just, it's not a, an inexpensive pet. So, okay, we've adjusted their financial plan to accommodate their, their pet. It, you know, there's, there is, all things can be managed as long as you're honest about them. And I think a lot of people are afraid to actually look to see what their lifestyle really, really costs. It's scary. It's a scary thing. And it's, it's sometimes really hard to look and see what you spend money on and where it goes. But it's yeah. important for financial planning purposes. Yeah, it seems like that's probably the root of it. We don't want to, we, we can't handle the truth, right? In a lot of cases. Uh, so nobody true. can, nobody wants to handle the truth, but no. we got to start somewhere. Yep. We got to face it. If you want to be in a good position later on, you got to face it now and get it under control. So that's number one warning sign. If you have no idea what it costs to fund your lifestyle, we need to change that. All right. Second one here. If you're focused on attaining a certain net worth or account balance, if you're just focused on that number, instead of being focused on how much income you can generate from that money, then that's another warning sign. Exactly. Because of the fact that net worth doesn't. Okay. So if I'm sitting here or if I have a client that says they want $10 million before they retire, first of all, is that even what they need? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, can, can we get enough income off of $5 million for them to relax? You know, I, it's not it's not about a, a magic number per se, a magic account value, or balance, or network. Um, it's about how you make your money work for you, 
And it's about living your life to the means that you want to live. I mean, sure, everybody'd like to have an unlimited supply of money. I get it. Me too, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way the world works. So we've got to focus on how we can make our money work hard for us and not just us working hard for our money. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in uh, one million dollars or two million dollars or whatever that number is and not and not think about the bigger picture of, of what that money could do for you. So another warning sign to kind of pay attention to. All right, here's another one. And this one maybe will will bury some eyebrows for people. So, you know, if you're if you're thinking about retirement and you're picturing your parents and what your or parents your grandparents' are. retirement. Yep. That's another one a lot of people look at. Exactly. And that one might even be, you know, it's even further from from reality maybe now than than your parents. But if you watched them retire in the early sixties and kind of had it pretty easy and, you know, had the pension to lean on and all these different things were kind of taken care of. And it just seemed like it was a little bit easier for them to do it. And you kind of feel, okay, maybe, hey, I think it's going to be similar for me. Well, this could be a, a big wake up call if you don't pay attention to the warning signs. Well, exactly. Because first of all, most jobs now, most careers now, there is no pension um, to fall back on. I mean, that was that was something that was most companies have done away with pensions. Now, if you're lucky enough to work for like the federal government or somewhere where there's still a pension, awesome. But most of them have either been frozen or just done away with at, the, at this point in time. So we want to make sure that we are looking at everything that that you want to do. I mean, it's not it's not your parents' retirement. It's not that you end up sitting in a rock. I mean, for a lot of people, the idea of sitting in a rocking chair is not at all what they want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they don't, that's not the thing that is even appealing to them. And we're going to live longer. <laughs> Miracle of modern medicine. We don't necessarily live better, but we live longer. Like they're just going to keep us around for longer. Our life expectancy is much, much longer than say what my grandparents had. Also, mm -hmm. the cost of health care in retirement is significantly higher than what my grandparents dealt with. So all of these things, and even, you know, I'm planning for my cost of health care being much higher than my parents, than Tim and Julie's. Um, and the other thing is nowadays, it's not, we don't necessarily, you're not entitled to a retirement. It is not the pension world anymore. You don't hit a certain age and then your government or your company gives you a reward for working there for a long period of time. I literally remember sitting down with somebody who thought the, the, the term 401k meant they were going to get $401,000 at retirement. <laughs> they, they, they didn't think they needed to put anything in. That's just how they thought it worked. Mm, I wish I was kidding. But that's not the way it works. Social security is not designed to be everyone's retirement plan. And I know that is super hard to hear. And I know that that's a tax that was taken away from us. And nobody asked you if you wanted to participate. But it is not designed to, to handle all your expenses in retirement. It really wasn't. It's not designed to, to be, handle your retirement at all. The other thing we got to think about is, is what do you want to do? And um, nowadays there's so much emphasis and I think it's, it's worse now than it was say when my grandparents retired, but on what do you do? That's the first thing we ask each other at parties or gatherings or, you know, when you meet someone new and it's become so much of our psyche and it's, it, there's actually a psychological component to retiring as well that most people don't think anything about. 
It's not, it's not what we, our parents or our grandparents had or saw. It's very, very different. Yeah. We wish it was, but it's not, the reality is it's not. And you have to, you in, have to be prepared. In some ways I don't, I, I, I'm happier with the way it is now yeah. um, because now you get to define for yourself and now um, significant, you could have, you could be sig- sitting on significantly more money than a pension. If you sit, if you started saving when you started working, the problem is when humans are not very good at doing that. Mm-hmm. I like that, Brie. Like I never hadn't really thought about it like that. You know, we, we, we all think about the comfort of, of a pension and, and social security and not having to worry about it too much. But I love that perspective of, well, actually this could be a better thing because you have more control of your future, right? Then than maybe our parents had. So I love that spin, that positive spin on it. And I think that's the truth too. If you do take control and you do kind of own your future, you can be in a much better position than someone that just kind of sat back, worked and relied on that pension. Exactly. You know, there are pros and cons to everything, unfortunately. And do I wish that they mandatorily made people put enough money away from from their their checks every month into the, the retirement plan? Sure. Would that be lovely? Great. Because humans, human nature is not to do what's best for us. If it was, then hmm. like I say all the time, we wouldn't have high blood pressure that wasn't that was caused by anything other than genetics. We wouldn't have diabetes that was caused by anything other than genetics. We'd all be in, in the ideal body shape size for whatever we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd, <laughs> Jim, we wouldn't be having all the things we have if humans just did what we're supposed to do. But we the collective universal we, myself included, are not always the best at it. And we just have to accept that and move forward. Exactly. None of us are. All right. I got a couple more warning signs here I want to throw throw out. And I think this one is one probably that uh, people are experiencing right now. If you are at least experiencing right now, then this is a warning sign for you that you need to, hey, sit down and get your investments in order. But if you get worked up about current events and it's easy to right now because that impact that you feel on your portfolio, maybe it makes you lose sleep because fluctuations in the market, you know, with, with China, with, uh, Ukraine, with elections, with, I mean, the list goes on. We could spend a whole podcast on the list itself, but if you do get flustered by these times, then you might have too much risk in your portfolio, right? Not only might you have too much risk in your portfolio, but you might be consuming too much financial trash. Hmm. I'm on a big kick of don't watch the financial news networks. Go ahead and read the paper. And and there's something psychological about like, once again, everything goes back to psychology, but there's something psychological about the fact that, and, and you may have experienced this, Ben, when you watch something, it stays kind of in your your brain a little bit longer than if you read it. Mm-hmm. So you, for example, if you maybe watch a scary movie and then go to bed, you might end up having a nightmare about that m- movie later on or that situation later on. It's because your brain is still processing it. Yeah. What you saw. Whereas if you read something, you usually have, it, it doesn't stay around and hurt your subconscious as much as if you watch. So I, I want everybody to be informed. I'm not trying to say don't watch anything or don't, you know, read anything. But what I'm trying to say is if it gives you anxiety, try reading it instead of watching it. The other thing is the financial networks, the financial media is built on, well, if it bleeds, it leads. That's the old newspaper saying, but it's built on fear. 
And I have read articles and I've seen, I've watched TV where they've used the same synonym or different synonyms for the same word, getting increasingly, increasingly more intense in a three minute clip. Mm -hmm. They didn't need to, they could have said it one time. We're not, we're not, you know, we, we, we can grasp, we're humans. We can grasp what they're saying, but it's like, the horse is dead. It's glue. And they're still standing there beating it using increasingly more um, and and bigger hyperbole and just scarier words. So I'm that's my whole thing is if you're if you're worried that much, either you have way more risk in your portfolio than you need to have or because sometimes some of us are just worriers and it has nothing to do with the amount of risk in our portfolio. We just worry. I'm one of them. I get it. Start consuming that type of media dig, uh, visually or read it. Don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's hard. It's hard not to get sucked in so many times. But if it is something that causes you to, to be uncomfortable, then just kind of reevaluate your portfolio. See what you can do to change that feeling. We don't want to experience that. Right. So exactly. one, one more for you, Brie, for warning signs here. If you're someone that maybe thinks nursing home expenses will kind of sort itself out. We'll take care of itself in retirement, uh, maybe because you have a long-term care policy or a nest egg. It's not necessarily always the case, right? It's not necessarily always the case because it's not just the stuff that's covered by long-term care that is your long-term care insurance that is going to be problems in retirement. Unfortunately, usually the numbers are, are moving more in the direction that we're going to need some type of nursing home assisted living. I, I hate the term nursing home. Assisted living facility. <laughs> and even that kind of makes me cringe a little bit. But and I think for most people it does. But mm-hmm. the problem is a lot of times when one spouse needs more critical care, needs some more of the nursing home care, the other spouse doesn't. And so it's pretty, pretty easy to decimate a nest egg, just taking care of one spouse. And then the other spouse is left with nothing. So it's one of those things where I think more people need to really, really think about it. It's also something like death where we don't like thinking about it because it means we're no longer here and no one wants to think of themselves as incapable of doing anything. The idea of being in, in a nursing home isn't a lot of fun for a lot of people. So it's, it's something people would rather stick their heads in the sand and not even think about then then actually deal with but as we're seeing more and more people actually need to deal with it yeah no question and these are just some of the warning signs but if any of these you know made you think a little bit now's a great time to sit down with an advisor brie is a certified financial planner estes financial can help you with these things if you have questions just log on estesfinancial.net or feel free to call. It's 817-444-8402. I know Bree is happy to sit down with you and kind of go through that. And, you know, another tool that we do offer along with the opportunity to set up that meeting and, and sit down with Bree is the Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit, which again, we're, you know, we're, we're this point of the year thinking tax planning as we get to the end of the year. But the bigger picture as always, as we know, taxes as as costs continue to soar everywhere, taxes has to be top of mind. Well, and because eventually the tax cuts and jobs acts tax brackets that we're at right now are going away and in fact if you uh in 2020 i guess 2026 um is something we've got to start thinking about the other thing we've got to think about is people are filing 
later. So technically, there's a good chunk of America whose tax day isn't until Monday or Tuesday, the 17th, whenever the 17th is. So in in October, more and more people are filing in October, they're finding. Uh, it's supposed to be October 15th, but that falls on a weekend. So we're seeing it. We're seeing more and more people that are coming to me now, today, a few days before their taxes are due, going, how do I lower my taxes? I'm like, well, these are strategies we needed to actually put in place a long, long time ago. And so it's always good. It's always a good time to start and it will definitely help you next year. And in the ticking tax time bomb toolkit, which is a lot of alliteration, but very, very hard to say. The most important thing we have in there is our financial flight plan book, Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement. And if you're a federal employee, we have actually have a version of this book specifically for you all that will um, that also talks about federal benefits. So this is my favorite thing in the overall toolkit. Um, and you can get it by calling our office, 817-444-8402, or emailing us at info, I-N-F-O, at estesfinancial.net. Very good. Take advantage of that. It's a great tool to use. And again, complimentary. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. So thank you once again. All right. Time now for getting to know Brie Reyes away from the office. We've got a question for you every episode that gets away from finance a little bit. This week's question for you, Brie, is what activity in your life takes up too much of your time? driving sitting <laughs> in traffic oh man. Ugh, i hate it i we have we're in the process of moving for everybody that doesn't know yet and we'll talk about this i'm sure next month a little bit more once we're there and once i'm over the trauma of dealing with it so i can talk about it level-headed but um it has added 10, 15 minutes onto my commute every morning to take nate to school from the old house from in the situation that we're kind of currently in and I hate traffic. There are very few things that I hate in life as as passionately as I hate traffic. And unfortunately, here in Texas, everybody has their own car and our public transportation is not as, well, it just would take me two hours longer to get to work than <laughs> if I tried to do public transportation. So I'm in a weird spot where the best thing I can do is what I'm doing, which is drive Nate. But at the same time, it feels like I lose 30 minutes of my morning that I could spend either, I don't know, reading, studying, preparing for the podcast, getting to work early and getting some stuff off my plate. It, I, it's killing me. So traffic, traffic is my least favorite thing. I could just like feel the, the heads nodding listening to that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know anyone that likes the traffic. It's, it can be just so stressful. And, um, but it's a great time to listen to the podcast. So hopefully that's what, uh, yeah, what people that's are doing what I've now. started doing. I've started listening to other financial podcasts. I've started listening to some pop culture podcasts. Yeah. I've started listening <laughs> to audiobooks. anything, 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 anything. Yeah. Podcasts um, can help pass the time for sure. They're, they're definitely distracting. So that's, that's good. All right, let's close out this episode of the Financial Plan Pod Podcast with a mailbag question from Kevin in Arlington. It says, my company matches my 401k contributions, but they do it in the form of company stock. I'm not that excited about owning a lot of company stock, but I also don't want to miss out on any matching funds. Should I still try to put in as much as I can? Yes, and here's why. Find out how long you have to own the company stock, and then you can always liquidate the company stock. I agree with you, Kevin. I I don't, I agree with you completely, Kevin. I don't want to own, I don't want you to own too much of your company stock as well as working there. 
Because as we in Texas remember, Enron, you're a good employee if you invest in our company, which we all know that was a complete and total lie. I don't want you to go down with the ship, but at the same time, I don't want you to miss a match at all because that's free money. So what we for what we do for a lot of our clients and what I recommend even my husband does because he works for a company that matches in their company stock is we liquidate it as soon as we can. And, tra- and sometimes I, we've had a couple of times where we've had some, we've had to hold it for like a week or so, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we just immediately liquidate it and diversify. So don't miss out. Don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Don't miss out on that free money, but you're right to want to diversify. You are a very good employee just for showing up and doing what you're paid for. You are not a very good employee if you show up, do what you're paid for, put 100% of your 401k in company stock and 100% of your outside investments in company stock. Doing that is does not make you a better employee. It, it puts you in a position where if God forbid something happens to your company, you're done. You're gone. And yeah. that's what a lot of people, unfortunately, in Houston learn with Enron. And I know you'd say that about any company, whether it be Apple or, you know. I, oh, I say that about every company, company yeah. any company, any single company. I, I'm not anti the company. I'm just, if your livelihood and your paycheck are tied up in the company, your investments shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Diversify. Every company makes mistakes. Every company has bad earnings reports or invents a bad product or has a, you know, we, or nobody's perfect. Any publicly traded company. Nobody's perfect. And so we want to make sure that we're not tied, not our entire net worth, not our entire earnings career, not our entire retirement is tied to one thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. Even if you love, love, love your company, I get it. I get it. you love working there. Then, you know, work hard while you're there, but you're not a slave to them. Yeah. You're not an indentured servant here. Please don't, don't put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in the Enron position. I, I have people argue that with me all the time because your company doesn't love you as much as you love it. Right. Great question though. Thank you for that one, Kevin. We do appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully other people are thinking the same way that you are with that, but great question. All right. If you have one for us, send it in estesfinancial.net, or if you just want to talk to Bree directly or her father, Tim, you can always do so at 817-444-8402. And hopefully these warning signs today will help you out and hope you pay attention, a little closer attention to, to how you feel and, and what you're thinking about retirement. And if you need help again, I encourage you to reach out to us this financial. Thanks, Brie, for your time today. Thanks. And everyone listening, go out and lead an abundant life.